Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hi there. It's Laura Wasser. And if anyone knows how much divorce sucks, it's me. I've been practicing family law for over 20 years, and I've worked on thousands of divorces. Creating peace in families is how I lost my voice. From the top of the food chain all the way down to my very first case, which was my own divorce when I was 25. I wrote the book on divorce, or I wrote a book on divorce. It's called It Doesn't Have to Be That Way, How to Divorce Without Destroying Your Family or Bankrupting Yourself. That book became a bestseller because it presented another option for ending a marriage, one that doesn't necessarily include lawyers and one that leaves more money in both parties' bank accounts and less animosity in their hearts. We created It's Over Easy, the one-stop breakup divorce resource online with the same principles in mind. So welcome to the Divorce Sucks podcast, where we talk about breaking up, getting divorced, and moving on. I'm Laura Wasser, and today's episode of Divorce Sucks, hosted by me, Laura Wasser, is about parenting before, during, and after a divorce. From co-parenting to parenting your own kids through their own breakups, helping your child mend a broken heart is not an easy thing to do. And speaking of kids and breaking hearts, we're live today at Car Jenner Central, a.k.a. Casa Kardashian, inside the spectacular and storied Hidden Hills home of Kris Jenner, the mother of the Kardashian-Jenners. <laughs> hey, Laura. I'm happy you're here. This has been a long time in trying to get you over here to the house. I'm glad. I'm glad. I know. I usually make you guys come to my office. Chris, you are one of the women I admire most. And when we think about the quintessential working mom, there really is no one who can compare to the momager. Thank you for inviting us to your gorgeous home and welcome to Divorce Sucks. Well, I love the name, by the way, Thank Divorce you. Sucks. It couldn't be more appropriate because it really does. But I'm glad you're here. I'm happy to be a part of the show and talk about it because I think that the more people talk about the subject, and I've been around for a long time. I'm 62 years old. I've been divorced twice. And it can be really hard and it can be a little bit easier if you have support, you know, yeah. Knowledge. I, yeah. And you learn that as you get older. And I think that's the one thing I learned a lot from your dad mm -hmm. and I learned a lot from you mm -hmm. and it's a lot different then than it is now. Cause it's just, it's very generational yes. and things are more accepted now than they used to be. Your dad will tell you that. But I think that the older I get, the more I realize how you want to tell people, younger people especially, how it can be much easier than everyone makes it. Absolutely true. And again, that it's, I mean, look, my belief, as you know, I've told you before, is that humans were not really meant to mate for life. I mean, maybe they <laughs> were meant to mate for life when we were dying in our late 30s and early 40s. So you have kids when you're in your teens and then you live until you're 35, 40 and then you die. But we're yeah. living longer these days and we evolve and we go on. And so I really do think that if you have a next chapter in your life with someone else, mm -hmm. that doesn't need to be a disaster. It can be actually something that you say, this is this part of my life. This is this person with whom I had children and who I I still want to raise those children. He or she is still my family member, but my chapter, my next chapter starts here. And that is not a tragedy. Well, you know, it's funny because somebody that I knew once said there's, you marry three people, the one you date, the one you marry and the one you divorce. Yes. And if you can wrap your head around that, I think that 
people get married and then they grow and they evolve and they have families, hopefully, or they don't and they travel and they have these lives. And if things change and you grow apart, you may still love somebody, but you're not in love and you decide to change and move on. If the other person isn't feeling the same, that's when it gets really, really ugly. And, you know, human behavior, it's just something that, you know, we all have obviously, but it can get the best of you. Yes. And we've both seen that happen so many millions of times for you, I'm sure. But Mm -hmm. for me, I'm always really shocked at how people act in times of adversity and when they don't get their way. And I think that what I learned through all of it, and I learned it, like I said, I learned a lot from you and your dad, but what I learned from it is it doesn't have to be as complicated as everybody makes it. Which is why I wrote the book that I wrote a few years ago, which is why we have It's Over Easy. I really do. Look, breaking up is difficult no matter what. Right. It hurts. However, if we can take the difficulty out of the legal and financial part of it, so many people will be able to get along better. And one big way of doing that is figuring out how to co-parent, which you certainly were able to do with Robert and which I believe you do pretty well with Bruce, now Caitlin. Right. Talking about that and then also talking to your kids who are now parents. You've had three grandchildren in the past year Nine altogether. Nine altogether. It's a lot of people. Tell our listeners a little bit about some of the wisdom that you have, that you learned, not necessarily from me and my dad, but from being a parent and a co-parent, yeah. and then that you've told the kids. You know, I've been a parent since I'm 22 years old, so that's a really long time. Yes. And, you know, when you start that journey, I never in a million years thought I would be spending the rest of my life or raising my kids without Robert. And that will always be a huge heartbreak for me. I think I was young and dumb and it's one of my biggest regrets. Divorce is so ugly and it was especially ugly back then because it was a different time yes. and he definitely didn't sign up for marriage just to have four kids and then get divorced. So that will always be hard for me to take responsibility for, but I have. And the one thing I do know from living through that is how disappointed my kids were and how much that hurt them. And that's the heartbreaking part because it's ultimately you have to put your feelings aside, especially in the beginning when they're the most raw, which is the hardest to do. Yes. And think about the kids because Robert was two, my son, Robert, Mm -hmm. Chloe was five and the other kids were 10 and 11 or whatever they were, but they were young and it doesn't matter how young they are. Kids are like sponges. They absorb everything. They pay attention and they feel the energy that is in the room, no matter what's going on. So Robert and I decided after a few years of not being very kind to one another, that the best thing to do was to be friends. And we fell in love with each other for a reason initially, because we really liked each other as people. And he was the most amazing dad. And I think he thought down deep inside that I was a good mom. And so it was just better for us to make sure that the kids knew that we were a team. Right. Right. And we were front and we were not going to be separated. And especially when we went through the whole OJ Simpson trial Mm -hmm. and all of that, and he was on one side and I was on the other, that was tough for them. And Robert, at that point made it very clear to them that no matter what we would, at the end of the day, 
all be together as a family when that was all said and done. So I think, you know, when you finally realize that there's a bigger end game, if you will, and it's about family, you're still a family. That's what I always tell people. You're still a family. You may live in different places. You may have other family members bolted on, which I always say, hey, that's just more people to love your kids. You're still a family. And I think if parents can really impart that to their children, Mm -hmm. their children will fare so much better through a split up. Do you think Robert would be a good grandfather? Yeah. (laughs) I kind of do too. He would be the best. Well, he was so family oriented in his whole history of his parents and his grandparents. And it was all about family for him. The weekends were centered around family, the dinners, the events, the celebrations, the traditions, everything was about family. So he would be so excited. It's just child after child after child. And when Kendall and Kylie came along, you know, he was uncle Robert. So I think he really enjoyed having so many family members and so many kids. And he was just, he was a great dad, but I think what was so nice about it at the end of his life, we were best friends, which is huge, you know, and that's, and that must so be important. huge for you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And for my kids, yes, you know, it, it always goes right back to the kids every single time. I think as adults, you know, we have to stop and think about, okay, what's the most important thing in our lives is our children. At least it is the way I feel. Yes. And I think that that's what the focus has to be. And when people just, you stop and think about that, nothing else really makes any sense. I agree. Children, family. I think you've done a really good job of being able to impart that to your kids. I know from dealing with the girls Mm -hmm. and Robert that how important all of their siblings and nieces and nephews are. So, I mean, you guys did something right. Well, I think that they all have really big hearts. They're really smart. They have a real sense of family. And we spend, listen, we work together. We play together. We spend all of our time together. We'll be on a break from filming and we still spend every single day together. So although we're blessed and we get to work together, we want to be together. Which says something. You know, so it's good. Tell me a little bit about social media because I really, a lot of the times that I have celebrity clients going through things, I will say, please, please stay off social media. It makes my job harder. It's going to be difficult. The world sees it. Your ex sees it. I will, without relaying any information about any of the cases that I've handled, tell you that in your situation with your family, that's been extremely difficult. You have at times said to me, no can do, Wasser. We got to be on social media. Tell me a little bit about how that folds into your life and to the things that go on in the Kardashian-Jenner brood. Right. Well, you know, we do, we have a television show, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which airs in 167 countries around the world nonstop. So when you have that kind of a responsibility to not only my family, to the network, to the brand, then it means that we also have to promote our show. Right. So social media for us tends to be at times also a workplace. So we have to be aware of what's going on. So we're on it. And then we have to be able to promote the show and different things that, you know, the girls have as their different companies. And so when you're not doing that and you're trying to stay off and not pay attention to the rest of the world, it's difficult for us specifically. I would highly recommend anybody going through a breakup or a divorce to stay off social media. 
You know, if I was, you know, normal, yeah, if I was normal <laughs> and I had going through a divorce or a breakup, I don't want to see what my ex is doing. No, whoever, no, online. And I've, you know, I've noticed I have friends in uh, different relationships I've had over the years, and they've had breakups. And they've been in a situation where they're asking me for advice and, you know, they can't get somebody to pay support or somebody's asking them for support. And then you look online and that person has four Ferraris or two new Lamborghinis or, you know, and you're like, wait, what? So it's very complicated because people want to show off on social media or they get angry and they do things on social media they shouldn't be doing. And it's very tempting to go in on somebody on social media. Listen, there are so many haters on the internet and that's one thing that I've talked about, you know, the whole bullying Mm -hmm. subject. And one thing that I feel, I feel bad that my grandkids have to grow up in a world that's sort of unpoliced. You can just go on social media, say whatever you want, leave anonymous messages, or your own social media channel is blocked so nobody can get back at you. But you can say, there's not a lot of boundaries right now. Right. And I think that that's really tragic. And not to quote our dear president, but what about the fake news? I'm looking at this week's one of these rag magazines, and there are literally seven stories in here about members of your family. (laughs) And one of them is about Kim and Kanye and how she came to see me and they're getting divorced, which I happen to know is not true because I wasn't there last (laughs) week. So I don't know. It's an okay picture of me, but it's from a very long time ago. As long as your Um, picture's good. That's exactly. As long as you look good. That's another thing you taught me. Yeah. Because the picture's good. That's right. But again, what about not even just social media? What about news outlets that just report things that are completely untrue about your family and the people that you love? Exactly. That's, I mean, it's used to be just the tabloids and every single made up story. And if you turned around and went after every single thing, I think that we just grew some tough skin and tried to ignore the silly things like that and focus on the things that are more important. And I think that on social media though, it's immediate. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, it's a whole different ball game. Somebody can say something and it goes viral in two seconds. And I think that's what concerns me the most about just, you know, my family, my kids, my, you know, because you can't block everybody. No. So we all know that divorce can trigger the worst of human behavior, but it can also open the door to a new and oftentimes better life for two people to live happily ever after separately. And that's one of the main reasons we created It's Over Easy, to provide an environment online which encourages people to move on and into their future. There's a whole content site that gives people an ability to educate themselves, find out about the process, connect with other people that are going through it, and really get the real skinny on what they can expect when they're going through the divorce process. I say a lot of negative things about social media because I think I'm referring to the negative side and the bullies and the people that come out of the woodwork, but there are so many positive parts of social media that I do love. And one of the things that I love is that I can get up every single morning and check my phone and see what my kids did the night before because <laughs> right. I go to bed so early. <laughs> so I can get up. It's like my babysitter. Right. I have like a nanny cam. Right. I just go on TMZ or one of the sites and see what everyone's doing. And if nothing's there, it's like, okay, good. We can start right. our day. Right. We're all good. We don't need to call, you know, anybody. 
Marty Singer. Yeah, Marty Singer, <laughs> Laura Wasser, what's going on? So I think that another positive thing is you can connect with your friends. You can see what's happening. It makes you feel inclusive. But I read something the other day that was very interesting about Simon Cowell. And Simon Cowell had gone off social media oh, for a few no, months. Went right? off his phone. He left his phone. He wouldn't even be on it at that all. That is, I was I, so I, impressed. I think I got a hive just reading about that because that made me so nervous. I'm like, where's my phone? Where's your phone? But they, anyway, did a whole in-depth conversation and, and commentary on it. Somebody did. And they were saying you can either get very, very lonely because you're not, you're so addicted to looking at what everybody else, or you can feel almost freed because you don't have that FOMO, right? You don't have that fear of missing out. You, you know, I think a lot of young people go onto social media and they see all these you know, beautiful pictures of people. You're only showing your best side on social right. media. You're right. getting the filtered shot, looking your best, hair and makeup for these young girls who get all dolled up and take all these pictures. And so if you're not looking like that 24 seven, it could probably be very depressing for someone who goes on and feels like, why can't I live up to that standard? How come I'm not setting the bar that high? Right. And being on social media, on the other hand, it's a lot of work. I think the business side is a very important part of social media because like it or leave it, it's a way that this generation, this, you know, Z gen is conducting business. It's just like Kylie, for example, has a complete makeup business that she's created over the last three years. And it's sold right now at this time in June of 2018, mm -hmm. it's just on, um, e-com. Right. So the way she promotes her brand is through social media channels and all of her different platforms. And she's got hundreds of millions of followers who are waiting for her to drop a new product. Right. So it's, it's definitely a thing that has been so great for members of my family. So I love it for that reason. I also love it for the communication aspect of it because I think it's fun to check in on my friends all day long and see what everybody's doing. But I got to tell you, my girlfriend last night, Kyle Richards has a new show called American Woman. Yes. And she had a little dinner last night celebrating her show. I wasn't invited to the dinner. Oh, and, you and saw. I'm watching it on social media. <laughs> so I got a little jealous. I'm like, okay. I had a little FOMO. Hey, Kyle, are you hearing? Yeah. Are you listening? Yeah. So, you know, that's the kind of thing you can either get really down or it can really build you up. Right. So it's got so many different aspects to it. It also is the news source for millennials. I mean, that's how a lot of them get their news. If there's a big world event, even the president uses it. And I, and I think that that's something we need to take into consideration as well. That's how many, many people are finding out what is going on, not just with their friends, Kyle Richards, but also <laughs> in, in, in the world. Yeah, it's it's wild. I've got two little boys. Thankfully, nobody's getting married anytime soon. We are 13 and 8. But your kids are a little bit older. Mm -hmm. Some of them have been through divorces or breakups. Mm -hmm. How is that as a parent? I just, I mean, I think whenever Jack gets a splinter and my heart breaks, imagining being a parent as your kids are going through something that's so heartbreaking in many instances, what's your best advice to other parents that are going through their kids' breakup? Yeah. Well, listen, every time, you know, my kids are in these long-term relationships, Courtney and Scott, for example, Courtney's my oldest and 
her and Scott have three beautiful kids together and he's still like my son. You call him your son? And yep, son-in-law. he's yep. my son-in-law. He's part of my family. And I fall in love with the people in my family. I become so attached that when they break up or they get divorced, I feel like I'm going through it. Right. So that's really, you know, it's heartbreaking. So I get very emotional. And I think my advice to other parents who their child or their children are going through a terrible breakup or divorce, I think if it's meant to be, it's all going to happen the way it's supposed to. I really believe that. But I believe that the only thing we can do as parents is really just be there and let them know that we're there to support them. But both sides. Right. Like I remember with Lamar, you were right there by Chloe and saying, we got to do what we got to do for him. We got to get him through it. That's right. Have any of your kids ever said, mom, you don't need to be so neutral. Blood's thicker than water. (laughs) Whose side are you on? Sure they have. You know, it depends on the day. Okay. Really. But at the end of the day, we know that we truly all love each other very much and it's hard because I get so attached. Yes. yes and I then do. especially when there's kids involved and we are a very close family. And if you are really close family, then it's harder. I know a lot of people, their kids, they don't even live in the same state. Right. They're like, oh, I see my grandkids three times a year or whatever. And I, I mean, I can't imagine that That's myself. Not you, no. However, for those kind of families, all you can do is realize that what your child is going through, there's going to be major ups and downs. And you just want to make sure you check in with your kids, make sure they're okay. Make sure they don't fall into a depression. Make sure that they have what they need and the tools that they need to get through, the emotional tools to get through a really bad time because it can be very, very stressful. And I found just in being around men and women and just you know so many friends my whole life from the time I was very young, I think men tend to take it harder than women they aren't able to express it as well often. So they keep it inside right. and it festers. Right. And it is really difficult. I, I think the men that I've known and my clients mm. have a very difficult time with breakups because again, they also don't seek the support that we do from our right. girlfriends when we're there they and have those clients, relationships, family members. Right. No, cause they're high-fiving and they're watching sports a lot of the time and right. they don't feel comfortable speaking to their bros about this kind of stuff. And sharing all the personal information. And she said this and he said that. And I think that as much as girls, you know, get criticized or, you know, teased for being gossipy or, you know, all of that, your girlfriends are my heart. My girlfriends mean so much to me and I love them so much. And I couldn't have gotten through a lot of things in my life without my girlfriends, but especially a major life-changing event like divorce. It's so traumatic And when I was going through my divorce with Robert Kardashian, your dad was my attorney. And I remember kind of sailing through it at the end. I don't know who I thought I was, like some soldier, you know, that I was supposed to be brave and strong. And then afterwards, I truly fell apart. And I think that my advice about that too would be feel what you're going through, be in the moment. You know, it's okay to cry and be emotional because otherwise it's not healthy. Right. So you've been married twice Mm -hmm. to Robert and to Bruce. Mm -hmm. I've been married once and then I had two significant relationships thereafter with kids. I'm a romantic, but getting married today means following the rules of the state you're married in or where you and your spouse reside when you file for divorce. I've always steered away from that because I'm not super comfortable with the state making a determination as to how I conduct my affairs. Do you think you would ever do it again, Chris? 
You know, you never say never, but I often say, uh, you know, it's just not what I think I need to do again based on my past. I think that I'm just, you know, I, I'm in a really great relationship right now. And I think that I, it's, I'm happy and right. I don't want to mess that up. And I used to listen to people say that, by the way, and think, oh, what a crock of you know what. No, I think you we're know? at a time in our, in our lives. It's not just your past. It's also yeah. your present. If things are good, yeah. why mess with it? And we're I'm, not getting pregnant anytime soon. So. Yeah, that babies aren't happening. I'm not, I don't have the need to put on a long white dress and walk down an aisle. I've done that. Right. I've had the big wedding. I've had the babies and the kids, six of them, by the way, it's not like, you know, we need to do that again. No. So, or nor my body wouldn't (laughs) cooperate if I wanted it to. (laughs) But I think that I just feel really grateful and blessed for my past experiences. And I'm looking forward to my future. And I just don't think that I want to go there. Do you tell your kids, I mean, do you have a preference in terms of marriage co-parenting, living together. I know you guys are religious, but it doesn't bother you when your kids live together or have kids with someone to whom they're not married, does it? No. No. I I didn't understand Courtney's choice at first, and then I totally got it. You know, the more her and I communicated and she told me how she felt and... I just felt like she knows what she's doing and she's got these amazing kids. And I was really excited when Kim got married and, you know, Again. couldn't have been, yeah, couldn't <laughs> have been happier for her, you know, and Kanye is such a great husband and such a great dad. So I think to each his own, right. You know, no two people are going to have the same opinion. Alexa isn't the only one with breaking news. Make sure to hang around at the end of this podcast for the latest breaking headlines on the AP News Minute. Recently on The Producer's Guide. Why are they letting you make these movies? Check out Todd Garner's interviews with Rob Riggle. Simplifies the Marine Corps motto, Simper Gumby should be the producer, always flexible. Marlon Wayans. My dad's not funny. He's really annoying. My mom curses him out, and that's where we found out comedy. And Eli Roth. I liked 16 Candles and First Bueller, but I was waiting for the nudity. I hated those movies. I thought it was the death of cinema. The Producer's Guide with Todd Garner. Every Thursday on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Remember to rate and review. today with the inimitable Chris Jenner, who's one of the hardest working single moms in the world. She's also a fashion icon, a TV star, and a producer. Her credits on screen and behind the camera include executive producing and starring on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, a ton of spinoffs, The Mindy Project, Real Husbands of Hollywood, and workout videos she starred in and produced with her second husband, Bruce Jenner. She has six children and nine grandchildren, three of whom were born this year. (laughs) It's like, I can't keep up with this. Chris, it should be keeping up with Chris Jenner. Chris, what do you do to keep yourself centered? Well, I love my family and I love taking time off and I love being able to spend time with my friends, but work is my world and that's what makes me happy. That's what I think I'm most passionate about. And I think that's why I have about 72 jobs Mm -hmm. and I can't turn it off. I wake up really early in the morning Mm -hmm. and I start at four or five o'clock and I go until I fall down and I get up the next day and I do it all over again. I think I get a lot of my work ethic from my mom, Mary Mary Jo. Jo. (laughs) She turns 84 next month 
And she was here today. She came over and then I get a little too boring for her, I guess. And she was like <laughs> off to the commons to do some shopping. And But she worked and had a store for over 45 years. Oh and I used to actually work at her store when I was young and before I got married. But she really taught me about what it's like to have a grind and to work hard and want to take care of your family and provide but also she wanted nice things and she taught us how to roll up our sleeves and work for that. And showing particularly your daughters that working moms, working women are every bit as normal in your family as guys and that the security comes from them as opposed to having to look for it elsewhere. Oh, 100%. I mean, my grandmother also had a store. Her name was Lou Ethel Fairbanks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she had a candle store in uh, La Jolla, California. And she did the same thing. She had us working in her store when we were in elementary school, when it was Christmas vacation. It was like, okay, school's out, everyone down to the store, we're going to wrap gifts and you know, you can work in the back and taught us how to be responsible you know, that was her description right. of being responsible. You know, you clean the house, you rake the shag carpet before you leave on Friday nights, because I grew up in the seventies you know, <laughs> and I was there a was teenager in the seventies and there was shag carpet. And we just had so many responsibilities and we had so many chores and we had to work as soon as we were able to. And we wanted to, I couldn't right. wait till I was old enough to go to work. And then when I got a car, I mean, that opened up a whole nother world when I was 16. I remember when I was in college and Kim was in high school and she had her closet business. Yes. She'd come in and say, no, yes, whatever. She did a few of my friends. And then, you know, all of a sudden it was, oh my God, Kim Kardashian, the closet girl, she's on TV. <laughs> well, Kim loved nice things and she figured out that a lot of other people did too. And so I'll never forget the time she made a deal with her dad. Jennifer Lopez had these really cool Manola Blahnik boots that look like work boots and they laced up. Oh, I remember those. Remember those? Yes. And Kim bought a pair and loved them. Then she went to her dad and said, I want to buy a whole bunch of these boots for whatever they price they cost. And I want to sell them on eBay. Will you loan me the money? And so her dad loaned her the money with interest. I love it. So she figured out how to get the money for the boots, how to do a contract with her dad. So he walked her through that, how to do a business transaction that included interest on her loan and the profit that she and got. the profit that she got. And then she realized she had to pay taxes on that. Mm -hmm. So it was like this whole learning experience in how to start, you know, a business when you're in high school. Right. I love it. My dad used to do contracts with me too. I think he still does, but now they're actually binding. <laughs> <laughs> so I was speaking with entrepreneur and business coach, Joy Chudakoff, who specializes in coaching female CEOs. And we were speaking about women starting a business or really, really leaning in, if you will, to their business after a breakup or a divorce to kind of get over it. Is that something that you feel has happened in your past? I feel like I went to work. I wasn't able to start a business right when I got divorced the first time, but I went to work and I think it gave me such a sense of satisfaction and accomplishment because I was able to do something for my family and my kids. And I felt like I was contributing right. to my family and I was able to make it all happen and make it all work. And I enjoyed it so much. And I felt so much better about myself that I think it really gave me 
the start of something much bigger that is how I ended up where I am today. Absolutely. Kris Jenner is the matriarch of the famous Kardashian-Jenner family, and she's someone I admire whom I've worked with for years. She's known for being a momager and guiding her children through love and business. So, Chris, we have a question from the It's Over Easy Instagram feed that's on a related subject from at Vero Iglesias. At Vero Iglesias writes, Ms. Jenner, if you could go back in time to when you were getting divorced, and I'll insert either divorce, what advice would you give yourself? I think the one thing I realized through the divorce is that you can't really control what somebody else is doing. And I have always been a bit of a control freak and I've always thought I had it together and I had, I was the most organized and, you know, my family was okay. And when you realize that things are falling apart, sometimes that's the most difficult part. And I think that what I should, you know, wish I would have realized at the time or told myself at the time was just, there's some things you can't control and to try to just take a deep breath and it'll all work itself out, which it did. And I'm in a much better place now, but that's hard to see the forest through the trees, right? you know? So I think I wished I would have just had more faith in what was going on. Um, and again, you just, you know, I can't control what someone else is doing and saying and believing and, you know, I can't, and the media gets involved and then that becomes a whole thing, which isn't most people's problem. Right. But if I think if I had, you know, to give somebody else advice after some of the things I've been through, it's just, my girlfriend Shelly Azoff once gave me a little plaque that said, this too shall pass. I was just going to say that because that's what I always say to everyone at the yes. end of my emails. This too, we'll get through yes. this. This too shall pass. As bad as you think something is, it's going to pass. And Hi, Shelly. <laughs> when someone says that to you, you want to slap them, <laughs> you know, like you don't understand, but I needed to hear that. Yes. And I know that. Yeah. And she would say to me, and I just, you know, I remember thinking at the time, you're just in a really good place. You couldn't possibly understand, but you never know what's going on behind closed doors. That's that thing that everyone says. And it's so true. Even when you're living in your own home, you just don't know what's going on in someone else's head. And you really, it taught me a lot about life. Totally agree. Good advice to your younger self. Interrogatories are questions attorneys typically ask one party or another during the discovery phase of litigation. On Divorce Sucks, we just like to know these things. One of the questions I don't need an answer to because I know that you're no longer married because you went through a very public divorce at the end of 2014. But let's do the other one, shall we? The three divorce sucks interrogatories. One, what's your favorite breakup song? Favorite breakup song? I don't know. I think I just started watching episodes of Dateline. (laughs) I didn't have a favorite breakup song. I think anything, I mean, for me, it was anything Luther Vandross, Stevie Wonder. Yay. You know, just kind of my R&B mix. Got it. And what would you say to cheer up someone who's going through a breakup? I know what it's going to be because you've got the plaque from Shelly. Yeah. Well, aside from that, aside from this too shall pass, I think 
one of the things that I would do today to cheer someone up would be to say, let's go on a little vacation for the weekend yeah. and just take a friend somewhere, or, you know, do something that, that, you know, to keep their mind off of, of it. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. Come I on. Break up. but still. Okay. We could still go somewhere. Okay. <laughs> what rom-com would you watch over and over again without ever getting tired? It's complicated. Yes. I watch, I watch it all the time. Actually, I think watching those kinds of movies are great breakup medicine. I agree. Because there's like, I had them on a rotation. You know, it's like the holiday and it's complicated. That scene where he's like, what's with this big guy? Why are you calling me that when they're smoking the joint? Yes. I I die. Yeah. So that's so funny. No, I, it's like one of the best (laughs) movies ever. Yeah. Thank you, dear Chris. I know why people love you and it's because you are one of a kind. You're inimitable. (laughs) You are so gracious to have us here. And I want to thank you for your support with It's Over Easy. Well, you're welcome, Laura. I believe in what you're doing. And you were right when you named your book. It doesn't have to be that way because it doesn't. I remember the first time I heard that. I was so excited because you have the most amazing spirit and energy and way about you that I think that you are in the perfect position in life to do what you're doing for others because you really do want a happy ending. No matter if the people aren't together, you just want the ending to be okay. Yes. Johnny always says to me, and they lived happily ever after, separately. And I do. I believe that. You do. Before we go, I want everyone to know about the KKW Beauty Pop-Up in LA this summer. I know where it is, but tell our listeners because I know it's right near my office. I'm so going. Yes. It's at the Century City Westfield Mall that they just redid. Beautiful. And Kim's Pop-Up is going to be for two weeks starting at the end of June. And Kylie is going to take over with Kylie Cosmetics the last two weeks in August. So we're going to have it for a month and you can walk right down the street. Yes, I can. Okay. And if you guys didn't want to have to go online and you wanted a real brick and mortar, come get your beauty products there. Yes. You heard it here on the Divorce Sucks podcast hosted by me, Laura Wasser. See you all in Century City. And if you haven't subscribed yet to our podcast, do it now. Our next guest is someone you all know, but you'll have to stay tuned to find out who. I want to know.